Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive. All right. Well, good morning and welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. This is Rachel Marshall and Bruce Bruce Wainer. And we have a guest with us today, Mish Hancock. So Mish and Bruce, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rachel. Morning, Rachel. Good morning. So for anyone listening in today, um, today we're going to be talking with a business owner who's very much like you, who is using infinite banking. We're going to be talking about her client journey and just really what the experience of working with our team has been and then how she's using infinite banking in her personal and financial life. And you may find similarities in this particular approach and differences with yourself. And that's the unique part about being human and having our own unique individual personalities. So I also want to um, share as well, we're going to be talking a little bit about social media at the towards the end of the show, because Mish Hancock is a social media marketing professional, and she's familiar with LinkedIn, with TEDx, and the CEO of digital marketing agency, 100th Monkey. So if you would like to hear about client experience, as well as some social media tips, this is the show to be on today. So before I formally introduce Mish, Bruce, I would love for you just to share um, kind of where this conversation is coming from, because you've known Mish far longer than I have. Yeah. So, um, you know, Mish and I have known each other, I think, for six or seven years now. And we met at a networking event um, that was in St. Louis called Medici, Medici Media Space. And, you know, i I fell in love with her right away because of her energy, her uniqueness, and how she approaches uh, social media and the backstory of how she started her company. And And as we continue to have, develop a relationship, I I believe, and she's going to explain this a little bit later, she liked the way also we did business um, at E3 Wealth. And so we 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 started to have some conversations, and then she talked to me about her goals and aspirations you know, down the road. And it popped into my mind that she would be a, a perfect um, privatized banking client, just like most of our business owners, because she may not have verbalized this, but most business owners want to maintain control of their money because they never know what might happen in business, mm-hmm. you know, and they have to take care of employees. They have to uh, take care of the uh, poor times in business, the poor revenue times, and so on and so forth. And that's what our privatized banking or infinite banking really works is using the whole life insurance as a place to store money, but also getting a return. And then we can also then borrow against it, which Mish has done to actually put into some other cash flowing investments. And this kind of fit her personality perfectly. And we just developed that relationship and it's been ongoing now. And and just like many of our clients, she is a very, very good friend also. Thank you, Bruce. (laughs) That's awesome. So I'm going to ask a question. If you're listening live or you're listening after the fact to the podcast, this is the question for you. If you could ask a client anything about their experience, what would you want to know? Their experience in working with us, with Bruce and our team here at the Money Advantage. Bruce did mention E3. He also works with E3, E3 Wealth, as well as the Money Advantage. So um, what would you want to ask a client? And so that's the first question for you today. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Mish, and then we're going to jump into her story. So Mish Hancock is the founder of CEO of, founder and CEO of 100th Monkey, a digital marketing agency that began in 2010. So with over 30 years of experience, that's a lot. As a marketing professional, she understands the strategic planning required for a business to be able to grow. She's been drawn to the online environment and really energized by that ever-fluid and ever-changing pace of the digital world. So she's a unique person that she likes change. So so her expertise is creating, developing, and managing active and engaging presences for both B2B and B2C clients. Now she's also, this is very awesome. She's also the co-founder and license holder of TEDx St. Louis, an innovative thought-provoking organization that brings TEDx talks to St. Louis. So TED and TEDx talks have become the gold standard in presenting and Mish has helped numerous speakers and clients TEDify 
their talks. So very cool. And we're going to be talking about that towards the end as well. So if you're hearing anything that you would like us to elaborate on more, please also pop that into the comments. Um, she's a sought after stage presence. I can see why because of her personality. Uh, Mish MC's TEDx St. Louis event, as well as for conferences at the Olin School of Business at Washington University, St. Louis University, and more. So Mish, Yes, Rachel. Hello. Yes, hello. <laughs> so can you tell us, uh, I know we just kind of elaborated a little on your backstory, but um, tell us from your perspective who you are and what you do. Uh, well, I mean, I think first and foremost, I am a human. So I'm I'm the human that um, <laughs> that you describe as being, I'm a bit more hands-off when it comes to the whole financial everything. You just told everybody everything I do. I'm pretty busy. So for me, what was important in order uh, for me to feed my passions with my business and TEDx and podcasts and all the stuff I do, in order to have time for that, I, I needed a trusted person in my life to help me figure out the financial side of things. And I love that I trust Bruce so much that I can say, Bruce, here's my goals. How do I get there? Bruce lays it all out. We um, talk often enough that he can update me on what I need to do, why why we are doing these things. And then I also really love that I can ask a question via email and he answers it really quickly. <laughs> so I can, and I can get my hands on stuff that maybe I'm like, I kind of miss this, Bruce, where is it? Um, that's just the way I operate. I'm not, uh, as a business person, I do have a business consultant that actually is a, a friend of Bruce and I, his name is Josh Levy, you know? And so, between Josh and Bruce, I feel like I've got these two people that help me to understand what what the money looks like in my personal life and in my business life, what the numbers tell me, because like I'm not the person you would ever want to do accounting for you. I'm the person you want doing marketing for you. And it just, it's like, it's like a way of just feeling like I've got this covered. Mm. Like this is all good. It's it's going in the right direction. I understand what's happening enough to where I, I just I feel good and and safe around all of it. I think that's really important. And I love that you bring that out. And maybe that's a unique perspective uh, compared to someone else. But at the same time, I think a lot of people probably feel the same way that you do, especially in business. You're doing a lot of things, and a lot of people in business are very creative or in their more so in a creative space and mm -hmm. they need that um that team of advisors around them to be able to rely on and trust and be able to ask questions of. And so you're maybe not as hands-on as some of our other clients might be, but that's okay because all of us are unique. And so I love that that's your perspective and that's the way that you're showing up in this conversation around making sure that your money is handled well and making really good decisions with that. So so Bruce mentioned, I think he said it was about six or seven years ago that you guys met. So what brought you to seek out financial advising or infinite banking at all? Kind of where did that start for you? Well, um, when Bruce met me, I mean, there was a lot of things going on in my world that were not the best things going on. Um, I had just, I guess just a few years before that was dealing, I was dealing with very traumatic situation and we don't have to get into it, but basically, um, dealing with a child that my husband, my then husband and I had adopted that ended up being a sociopath. So that was a really scary, mm. scary time. Mm. And there was a lot of money put toward this child. And it was like, there went all the retirement, you know, it was mm. like, you know, like I, the money that I was saving was no longer there because what do you do when you have an extremely difficult situation that I've never had an experience with this mm. before? It was, um, it was just outlandish. It was mm. beyond the beyond. And then mm -hmm. shortly after that, my marriage didn't survive. So here I am. I'm like, I'm like a single mom now with a child that needs to go to college, my own business. I need to figure this out. I was freaking out. So when I was talking to Josh and Josh was like, Miss, you have to talk to Bruce. Bruce is going to help you out with all of this. And it was like, just made me feel so much better. Like there's a path. You know, I didn't sit down with Bruce and he went, oh, good luck, Miss. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, you know. 
Sorry, hun. Um, you know, it's like, okay, gotcha. Here's what we got. All right, great. This is what we can work with. And it all just felt like it just made me feel like I can sleep at night and I'm going to be fine and figure all of this out. And I think when you're kind of like, you're late to the game, you feel like in, in retirement, when somebody is saying to you, you're going to, you got this. It, it's huge, mm-hmm. huge. So mentally, emotionally, financially, spiritually, it was like, oh, whew, all right, I'm good. I can go live my life. I can go do the things that feed me and, and you know, make Mish happy and know that everything's going to be fine. That's awesome. You know, one of the things, Mish, you know, I obviously know your backstory and things. Um, a lot of people don't pay themselves first. Now you did, you had actually done a a pretty decent job, but then your circumstances, like you said, had to use a lot of that money because of that situation. But, but Mish values paying herself first and and she does it in a systematic way. It just comes out of the checking account, so on and so forth. And Rachel, I know we talk about this all the time. You and Lucas do this. We, you know, Sherry and I do this. You know, we encourage our clients to just systematically pay yourself first. Because mm-hmm. if you pay yourself first, you're the most important person. But making it systematic, coming out of your checking account, you know, before and just you goes, have a chance to spend it, right? Yes. Right. yes. It just goes, it just goes away. It's it's similar to that gym membership that you never go to. You know, it's it's the reason they take it out of your checking account and you never think about it. Or, or other memberships, you know, so on and so forth. So that was uh, that was uh, something that I applaud Mish for doing. And then, you know, we do sit down on a regular basis and talk about her goals and aspirations. And, you know, I don't see Mish as being somebody that will ever completely slow down. She has too much energy. She loves people, you know, so on and so forth. But we're on a path that she actually can, you know, do what she wants in the future. Um, and she'll feel good about it. Um, she has a, a really nice young lady as a, as a daughter that she cares deeply about. And, and she, she also wanted to protect her. And that's what the death benefit would have done if something would have happened to her, especially, especially because, you know, uh, as a single mom, she wanted to make sure that that happened. So it's been a wonderful experience. And I think the thing that I think our audience is going to get the most out of is as we talk about how she helps businesses actually rebrand themselves and find more clients through social media. And Mish, I think as we get into this, I think the most attractive part of the story is how you came up with with the name of your company. (laughs) Most people find it very, very fascinating. Well, I definitely need to know about the name of the business because um, there's got to be a reason. There's definitely got to be a reason, and That's it's catchy. Lucky. Exactly. <laughs> I I can tell you. I don't know your story, but I'm thinking of that that game. Don't don't monkey around. That <laughs> so you like stack the monkeys on a tree and see how many you can stand up before they all crumble down. I don't know if you guys know that game. That was fun when I was a kid. Um, but I would love to hear. So, what is with the name of your business, Hundredth Monkey? So it's it. This is a great. It, there is something actually called the Hundredth Monkey phenomenon. And um, it was a group of scientists were studying this colony of monkeys on this little island in Japan. And they were throwing sweet potatoes out to the monkeys for them to, to eat. Well, the sweet potatoes would get covered with sand, but the monkeys ate them anyway. Until one day, one of the monkeys were like, this is just not appetizing. I'm going to take this sand covered sweet potato over to the stream, wash it off. And this seems better. And what the scientists observed was that little by little, this habit was taken up by the rest of the monkeys. And what they said is by the hundredth monkey, it became the new way of doing things. And that's how I viewed social media. When I started in social media, at least in the Midwest, you know, I'm running around networking going, hi, I've got this company, we're doing social media marketing. And people were like, don't make me think about another thing about marketing. <laughs> you know, and I kept thinking it's, it's going to catch on. It's going to become the habit. And it did. I mean, now social media is pervasive. It's a part of everything we do. Mm-hmm. So I saw that coming uh, just as I'm now seeing Web3 and NFT coming. So my, my team and I are all about learning about NFTs and Web3 right now. But it's like, you know, you want to 
be ahead of that digital game so that you can make the most of it for your clients. Ah, that's, that's awesome. I love the story. And I love the idea of thinking about doing something early and being mm-hmm. that early adopter, because at some point it's going to become all pervasive and become right. the norm. It, it, you know, right now, TikTok, and I know there's a lot of controversy and such around TikTok, but let's pretend like TikTok's fine and everybody loves it. Everyone is still in that mindset of, oh, that's for the kids. Oh, that's for the kids. I'm like, and that's how you were at Facebook and that's how we were with Instagram. And, you know, all of these things age up. So right now, people over 50, there's maybe 7% of the people on TikTok are over 50, but that is going to age up. It inevitably gets there. And it inevitably becomes something that businesses, it's like another tool in your toolbox to use for selling your products and services. So the earlier you can get there and develop your audience, the better. Of course, there are people on TikTok giving advice on financial this and that. You know, be one of the first, right? Mm -hmm. So we help our clients to really understand that whole digital landscape. And what that should look like as far as where you should be, how how you're posting, how are you getting the lead to come in? And we even go so far as helping them with the sales end of it, if need be. Wow. Okay. So um, you had said that you kind of wanted to talk about um, how you approach and do social media. So is there, what would you say about that? What would you say your approach is? I mean, I'm hearing be one of the first, Uh, maybe that's a big part of it, but what else would you say to a business owner? who is saying, how should I think about social media? How should I do it? How should I approach this all together? And before we answer that, I'm going to ask also if you're listening live or after the fact, if you could drop a question into the chat, um, just what questions do you have about social media? What are your thoughts about social media? What are your struggles with social media? So go ahead and drop those in. And if we're getting them after the show, you can send them directly to Mish. We'll give you a contact information for her. Um, but we do want to hear those questions live. And if you have anything that we can answer live on the show, we'd be happy to do that. So Mish, how should a business owner think about approach and do social media? So a few things come to mind. Um, first of all, be who you are, just be authentic. Um, if you watch, like one of the things that I do is I watch what's coming. So let's go to TikTok again, which is the Gen Z, right? Like Instagram was millennials. All right. TikTok is Gen Z. Gen C craves authenticity. They do not like scripted, slick, kind of, I've got the perfect lighting and I'm, I'm reading my TikTok thing from a script right now. They will turn you off in a heartbeat. What we're seeing is that is showing up on all the other platforms as well. So LinkedIn, which used to be very suit and tie, buttoned up business, is now becoming more like Facebook because business owners are talking about the balance of the, you know, the, the personal, the business, the challenges, how did I get here? They're, they're being more real with who they are. Mm-hmm. So as an example with myself, in fact, Bruce and I just talked about this the other day. Um, I've been doing a lot of videos on LinkedIn talking about the fact that I have alopecia, that I do not have hair. I have this autoimmune disorder. And what one of the people that work with me realized, she said, You've had it for so long. It's just part of who you are. But other people look at you and are questioning, like, why, what's going on? Why does she always have a hat on her head? Or, you know, what is the reason behind this? It leaves a lot of questions. So I just started doing some videos. I'm like, hey, I've got alopecia. It sucked at first, was completely devastating, losing all my hair. I freaked out. And then that journey that brought me to the place of this is who I am. I can show up confident about it. That is really getting a lot of, of uh, views and engagement on social media right now. Hmm. It's not talking about my business, but it's talking about who I am as a person. And that person behind the business, people want to know, who are you? Especially, we've all been through it. The businesses that we've watched out there, that we, their commercials looked great. They seemed like they were of integrity. And then you found out they weren't. And you're like, wow, really? So you've been lying to me all these years. No one wants that anymore. So being really authentic, 
watching what's what the young kids are doing because you're going to be doing it soon. <laughs> um, just that's kind of like it's that trend plus being who you really are. Ah, miss, miss, I talk about this all the time, you know, because of my background as a biologist and my evolutionary perspective on everything. The authenticity is actually um, ingrained in us to recognize it from mm -hmm. a very from a very uh, from from birth because children cannot communicate but they're they're looking at you the entire time they can tell when you're happy they can tell they can sense when you're sad they can sense when you're angry they can sense all this stuff even if you try to hide it and and then we just keep that as we go along and as an, in adulthood and we can actually feel that it's the one thing that I don't particularly care about when it comes to TikTok. And we're starting to get on TikTok now because I didn't like it because it was so it was short snippets of people that would only I shouldn't say everybody, but some people would only give half truths oh, in a yeah. sensation in a sensationalized manner. You know, right. and I'll give I'll give you an example. Just just happened last night, you know, as I'm checking out my my accounts, you know, and I'm seeing somebody said, yes, you can, you can actually um, access a, a business loan from your life insurance for only 2%. <sighs> and that's just absolutely untrue. Yeah. And, and if you, what I've noticed, Mitch, with people is I will then call them out on this and they will just simply say, you're right. Or because all they care about is engagement. They don't care about yeah. Truth. They just want to get all these comments and engagement because you probably know better than I do. Apparently, that it helps your algorithm and it maybe even helps you get paid more. I don't know, but they don't even they don't even hide the fact that they don't care if it's wrong. But so, what are you? What are not you sustainable. That, that right. sort of a thing is not sustainable, and so that's the thing. There's, there's. I mean, you know. So we we see it all the time. We you know or we get we get asked this question. In fact, we um we actually had a client that was like, "Hey, I met this guy and he can get me this many Instagram followers right. overnight." The I know we crave that magic button. Yes, <laughs> look, everything's better. Oh it my gosh, this is so though. great. We crave yeah. the magic button. The magic button is not sustainable, and mm. and. I wish that this person had listened to his social media experts, but he was so convinced that this guy was going to make his life just perfect that he went with it. And his engagement on, on Instagram went down from thousands per post to like three or four. Because Facebook and Instagram were like, eh, no, you don't get to do that. Mm. So the thing that's going to happen on these platforms is as they mature, they, they start putting things into place so that doesn't happen. Because that's the last thing you need is people telling, I mean, that's that's not good for anyone, mm -hmm. you know, just outright lying. And we see it all the time. My, my inbox is filled if I get one more of these. Mish, quick question. I already know it's spam when they want to have a quick question. If I answered all the quick questions, I wouldn't have time to be on your podcast today. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, it's Mish, quick question. And it's like, Mish, what if we could bring 35 quality leads to you today that are each willing to spend a million dollars? Are you for that? I'm like, oh, we get those all the time too. What? All the time. Yes. What? Delete what? every single one. I don't know you. <laughs> if it was this easy, Joe's marketing at gmail.com, everybody would be doing this, you know? Yes. And so it's, you know, as humans, we have to be sensible human beings to see through what isn't true mm -hmm. and don't engage with it, but also know that quick fix for you is not going to be sustainable. It won't carry you through. It'll stop at some mm -hmm. point. Hey, I, there's a question on LinkedIn. This is from Nene. Hey, Nene, I hope you're still Hi, listening Nene. live. And um, so we know her personally. And so um, I want to jump over to her question and I know where this is coming from. So she says, here's her quotes and I'm going to elaborate a little. So she says, can you talk about diversification in social media? So there's probably multiple facets of this. I'm sure you hear this all the time as well. But as any business owner who's, I know she's specifically in the Airbnb space. So if you are in business, I can 
do Instagram and I can do TikTok and I can do Pinterest and I can do all the things and I can be on YouTube and I can do a podcast and I can be on the blogs and I can do everything and run myself completely ragged. How do you figure Mm -hmm. out what is the best avenue and how do you reasonably and effectively spend your time in a way that you're stacking instead of doing something separate on every place and at what, yeah, I guess let's just start there. Well, so first of all, give yourself a break because there's so much, it, it can be very overwhelming. And I always suggest starting out with the platform you feel most comfortable with, you know, whether, and and maybe two, you know, but don't spread yourself too thin, start to figure out how does this platform work for me? Am I getting engagement? And then you can move to the other platforms later. Now, there are tools out there you can use. Um, one that we used to use, now we're a much bigger agency, so we we have a different solution. But if it's just you posting for yourself, you can use Hootsuite, which is H-O-O-T-S-U-I-T-E, Hootsuite.com. That is a way to create posts that can go to multiple social media sites. You might have to mess with the wording a little bit on each one, but you can schedule it out. So you've got like, I'm going to sit down right now and do my post for the week. And then I, and then I can like send it out there. I, I know there is a thought of, oh, then I can just forget it. Don't forget it because a couple of things. One, make sure that if that, that, there may be a day where something is going on in the world where you are sending something out that won't land correctly. So like as a, as a um, example, when the um, rock and roll singer meatloaf died, there was a um, company that had just put out a meatloaf recipe that day and they didn't take it down once Mm -hmm. that news was out and it reflect badly on them and they came back and they were apologized, but that's why you can't just set it and forget it. Never set it and forget it with social media. The other thing is um, you have to manage it. So here's where the other overwhelm comes in is you've got to be talking back to the people that talk to you. So in the beginning, start with one or two, work yourself to a place where you're bringing in enough money where then then you can start considering hiring the agency that can just do it for you. And you don't have to try to be everything because it's within my agency, there are people that are very specialized in certain places. So there's this person that understands how to advertise and they understand the whole advertising platform, the analytics and all that good number stuff that businesses need. And then on this side, I've got people that are more content creators. So it takes a lot of different brains to make it all work. But if it's just you, do the best you can to begin and just work yourself into a place where you you get what's going on. You kind of know the vibe and then you can move into other places. Excellent. Okay. So follow-up question on that. So for somebody who's then hearing, let's be on social media. Can you talk about what is the goal of being on social media? And here's where I'm coming from, from this. You hear a lot about engagement. You've mentioned engagement a few times. Okay, so engagement might mean clicks, likes, views, um, comments. And so you're getting engagement. You're getting visibility with your post, which is good. But is that the end goal? I mean, ultimately, the end goal is to convert over to um, paying clients. So can you kind of just talk about that? I mean, I, I feel like it could even be an engagement trap sometimes where you're like, oh, look at all this visibility I had, but maybe it's not converting and where to exactly. um, set your, the marker on that, on that, um, on that spectrum of engagement versus convert conversion and kind of where that goal should be. So that's the conversation that we have with our clients. What is conversion? You have to define that together and you have to make sure they understand what conversion is as well. So as an example, um, let's say you're a brick and mortar and we're advertising for you. Conversion on the digital side is how many people saw your advertisement and clicked on get directions so that Mm -hmm. we can say to that store, so you had 1,500 unique visitors click on get directions last month to come to your store. Now they, it's up to them to convert them, you know, when they show up to, you know, so marketing separate from sales, right? Right. And so, so then, you know, that's the thing. It's like, all right, if 
that's not translating to sales, then what's going on in the store that needs to change? Or if you're leading people over to a landing page, so the ad's working, people are clicking on that link, they've converted, they've gone to the landing page on your website. They're not filling anything out on the landing page. Then the question is, why aren't they filling anything out? We got to fix the landing page. So you have to follow these customers along this journey so that every single place that they are, you are figuring out why they are not moving forward. So yeah, conversion is, is a big conversation. There has to be a definition that both the marketing agency, as well as the client understands. So I know how uh, Nene um, markets her uh, Airbnb uh, locations on social media. She does it from a um, really comfortable, emotional look at it. The one thing she doesn't do that I, I would encourage her to do is have people get to know Nene more um, because you know, she's often shows a little bit of herself, but she doesn't really talk much about herself. Um, how does a person uh, determine whether that should be part of their story? Just like you, you have recently decided that you should be part of the story. So this is tough because your self-promotion is hard. It, it is. It's really hard to self-promote um, because a lot of us look at it like we're bragging. You're not really bragging as much as you are just sharing who you are with other people. Now, um, I think the s- smaller businesses, it definitely makes sense for the someone within that company to be the face of the company. You know, the bigger places like, you know, Progressive Insurance has got What's her name? I can't think of her name all of a sudden. Uh, I can see her. uh, I see her. Yeah. You know, so like some people have like a mascot as their spokesperson, but for smaller companies, it's usually who's, who's in control of this game we've got going on here. So um, it is hard, but it doesn't have to be, it can be more along lines. Nana, here's what I'm thinking. I see your Airbnb. I see you in your Airbnb. I saw, I see special touches you're doing that like people feel welcome when they get there. You're, you're doing a selfie with the special touch. Um, maybe you are asking the people, like if I don't know some Airbnbs, I know you never see who you're, who you're getting this from. <laughs> you know, there's like little things you just not, you know, bing, bing, bing on the door and then you go. But, um, but maybe if you're if you are actually seeing these people, you ask if you can do a selfie with them and welcome them. There's there's different ways to bring in the more personal side of things, but it I do feel like people want to know who are the people behind the scenes. That's awesome. So let's go to um you had asked um or you had said that you wanted to talk a little bit also about how social media content is changing. Can you talk about what are we seeing in the difference? I mean, from from a consumer perspective, I feel like a lot of social media is going towards ads and sponsored, everything sponsored on Facebook and stuff. Yeah. But um, what? how is content changing? So content is one of those things you have to really chase because it, it changes all the time. So um, they're like right now, I mean, video still remains pretty big. Now, I don't know for sure. There's There's been some whispers out there that LinkedIn is going to go quit doing allowing video. I don't know. You hear these rumors. You never know if they're going to come true. I think it's crazy. I'd like to know what they're going to do because videos really rank. But then you look at each of the individual sites and um, on, you know, for example, reels on Instagram are big. Like you should be doing reels. You're going to get a lot of engagement with that. on. TikTok, look at the trends and do the trends make sense for you? So, you know, it may not make sense for you to, to catch on to the new dance and start doing dance moves. <laughs> Ruth, <laughs> I can see it now. The podcast, the podcast Ruth, is now not dance moves for you. <laughs> no, <laughs> the, I, the podcast is I now Bruce and Rachel <laughs> dancing TikTok videos. That probably is not going to work. <laughs> 
I would agree that I would agree that wouldn't work. But you know, one thing, Mish, as you as you talk about this, and I, and we have talked. I don't know if you remember we, we talked about this before. One of the reasons that people should actually work with an agency and not try to figure it all out themselves is the same reason I tell people I don't know everything as a financial advisor, but I've been in on five thousand meetings, right. and so. <clears throat> What has happened is my clients that have actually uh, have a lot of unique experiences. So I can actually pull from those unique experiences of 5,000 meetings instead of just one person trying to figure out how Fidelity and Vanguard works. And, and now all of a sudden, there's it used to be just do index funds because you can't beat the market. Just do index funds. Now, in the last 18 months, all of a sudden, the index funds are being beat. You know, and so... Right. You can actually, you can actually, a professional can see that because they have so much more experience than you trying to figure out the algorithm of Facebook and or Instagram. Because by the time you figure exactly. out the algorithm, it changes again. It so that's changes. why you should. Yeah, so that's why it's that big view, right? So we as an agency have that big view. We work with many different clients in many different industries. So our big view helps us to see, here's the trends that are coming. Like, so, oh, on Facebook right now, you should be doing carousel ads. Those are hot, hot, hot. Or um, what is the new toy? I mean, every, every single one of these platforms will come out with their new toy. Hop on the new toy. They want you to play with it. They will... Um, they will reward you for that by more views and that kind of thing. So... We're able to see things from a bigger place and help guide our clients with content and such. The other thing is, is that we have access to human beings at these places. So we're having a meeting with Facebook, with real humans that are looking at the ads to help us make the ads perform better mm -hmm. or to let us know, man, this ad is rocking out, guys. Don't know what you've done, but it is just rocking out. Keep it going. Uh, or you need to adjust the ad budget on this. That's why it's not doing as well. So we have access to people that help us with all of everything that we're doing. So that's why you'll see, um, I mean, I'll give you an example with, we'll probably talk about TEDx at some point, but yeah, let's go ahead. Company, we, can, we can jump right over to that now because we only have right. a little bit left. So TEDx, and then we wanted to mention LinkedIn too. So, so TEDx, we, um, we, my company, Finally, we took on marketing for TEDx last year, even though I've been doing it for a long time, but it was like, we needed to step in and like really rock it out. We had, we saw the numbers go up amazingly. So like our, um, our reach on Facebook, as an example, went from 60,000 in 2021 to over 300,000 in 2022. Our open rate on our um, newsletters went from 20-something percent to almost 48%, mm. which is huge. So it's like because we have such a big view of everything and we know what the trends are, what's hitting, what's resonating with people, we can just help you to do better in that space. I love that you're talking about trends because that's another piece of marketing. I mean, you have to be aware of the trends and you have to know, you have to interpret the data and understand the trend that's happening in order to be able to use the trend to your advantage. So you're saying you help people understand the trend. Um, exactly. So, well, hey, Rachel, yeah. to piggyback on that, uh, can you can you talk a little bit about, Mish, how people need to be patient with trends too and patient with their marketing because a lot of people expect this to be, oh well, you've been I've been I've hired you to spend two weeks and I haven't seen any results. The magic button, right? <laughs> right. We want the magic marketing button. Um yeah. In the beginning when we work with any client, we're doing a lot of testing. So the first three or so months is testing, 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 watching, figuring out what what's resonating, what's not resonating. You know, I mean it takes a while to get to that that special sauce, you know? So you can't expect to hire a marketing agency and overnight everything just is great. And I got so much business I can hardly see straight. If marketing were that easy, I would be making, you know, I mean, I actually wouldn't be relevant, right? Because everybody just could do it on their own. So, um, so you do have to give it time. 
And, you know, and some clients are more challenging than others when it comes to finding their people. You know, we're, we're working with a company right now and their people are not on LinkedIn. They're, and if they are on LinkedIn, they are not doing anything on LinkedIn. So nobody's being heard on LinkedIn. So now we got to pivot. What are we going to do next so that we can get you out there? There's always a way, but it's finding that way. And sometimes that takes, it takes like time and testing. So let's, we have just a few minutes left here. So how can a business owner show up as a thought leader on LinkedIn? Yeah, well, so thought leadership, I I mean, the things I told you before are big, the authenticity, be willing to put some uh, video out there, be willing to share your challenges, what you've been, the vulnerability is, I mean, as an individual, people think when they are being vulnerable, it shows weakness, but to the rest of the world, it shows strength. And believe me, you aren't at the top of your game just because you're so lucky and your life is blessed. There have been challenges. You have gone through some difficulties. Share that with people. Um, and then just be willing to be a cheerleader. You know, people that you collaborate with that you want to also showcase, share their information talk about the people around you, and then also, you know, share about what's going on with your, your team. So it's, it's showing up in a way that is like more holistic of you as a human being, as opposed to just this one thing. Hmm. Let's talk about, let's, let's, you mentioned team. Can you talk a little bit about your team? Cause I know you, uh, at least one person is very near and dear to your heart and how having a team actually makes you more efficient of, oh, and, you can't operate and, without them. Right. And, but, but a lot of business owners think you can. No, and, you can't. Uh, it, you know, it, I don't know everything. I can't do all of this. You do not want Mish doing your digital advertising for you. You want Jill Lee or Emily Leffelman to be doing your digital advertising for you. Um, the, the people on my team are, are, they're what keeps everything running because of their skill sets and what they can do. I'm more visionary person. I'm like, we must learn NFTs and Web3 right now. And they're like, we'll get there. I'm like, I'm going to start going there. I'm going to start figuring this out. And I'll let you guys know because I'm like way future bound. They're, they're more looking detail oriented, looking at everything going on with all the clients, social media. And then I'm the one that will come in and be like, hey, I think we need to take so-and-so to this place right now. And so I'm more of the overseer, if that makes sense. That's what I'm good at. You don't want me being all detail oriented with you. That's what Jill and Emily are really good at. <laughs> and then we have other people on our team. So those are our full-time people, but we have other people on our team that um, that are more part-time that just, you know, they, they help us with posting and what have you. And they're awesome. Team. I mean, we work with that same mindset as well. There's a unique teamwork ability when you have teams that work together and each person is doing what they're designed to do and what they thrive in. So, um, and then can you talk about um, what somebody should know about TEDx or creating a TEDx talk? I, that's a whole entire conversation in and it of is, itself. But this so, is a huge question that we get. So, um, first of all, I would I would suggest you know if you feel that you have a TEDx talk in you, number one. No, no one in the TEDx universe cares about how great of a speaker you are. That does not tell me that you have a TEDx talk. Like I, I speak everywhere and I'm great at it. I'm so good. Okay. Is that a TEDx talk? Not necessarily. Most of the people you will see on the TEDx St. Louis stage, they aren't speakers. They are people that have this one big idea. It's perspective changing. It wakes up the brains of the audience. It helps people to see things in a different way. And that's why it's exciting. So we as a TEDx are looking for that. We will train you how to be on that stage. We will put you through workshops. Your commitment is going to be between 40 and 60 hours to create an 18 or minute, 18 minutes or less talk. But that's what we want to see. It's that thing that wakes people up and they go, wow, no, I never thought of that. That is, that is really helping me to see things in a different way, which is where the excitement is. So um, every TEDx is run a little bit differently, um, but we everything that shows up on our stage is unique in 
unique to us. Like the first time anybody is going to see this talk is on our stage, and then we'll send out the video later. But if you're looking to get a TEDx talk, the first thing you should do is go to that website and look to see what they're looking for. So like right now, our auditions are open. If um, TEDx St. Louis is open for auditions, we do it once a year. So if you have that TEDx talk, go in and submit. We'll take about 250 submissions. And from there, we'll whittle it down to about 25 that will audition for us. And then they have three minutes to wow us with their one big idea. But it's it's a very focused talk on one big idea. Fascinating. So um, we, have a, we have a question on, um, on YouTube. And so Mish, they were asking about the open rate. Is there a couple little tidbits that you can give people to maybe help them increase their open rate for emails? Is it or marketing or marketing material? But I guess that would, I mean, probably mostly emails. Um, two things. One, you have to have a reputation of bringing valuable information to people. So if every single email is sales, 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 it may not go anywhere unless you're like a, like a retail place has different new items coming in all the time. Um, I do a weekly newsletter. It is not, I make you guys listen to my sales talk every once in a while on a newsletter, but it could be about anything. This week it was about Dr. Google and how he, how Dr. Google always wants me to go to the emergency room, no matter what I got going on. Um, <clears throat> but then the other thing is, is the subject line. Like if you send out a newsletter that says, you know, February 2023 newsletter, I have no reason to open this. I want, so again, it's that curiosity. Make me curious. Make me want to know why, what are you talking about? I have to open this or I can relate with this. I mean, I think everybody can relate with the fact that Dr. Google is scary. And that's what my subject line was this past week. So um, think about the subject line way, way more than you think you should. And then Get a reputation of bringing value that people want to open it because they like what you have to share. Awesome. That was a very power packed little answer there. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you? This has been really valuable. And I think for anyone who's wanting to increase their social media presence or in, improve their conversion, improve their ability to get customers and clients from the work that they're doing on social media, um, this has just been extremely helpful. So um, how can our listeners find you and and follow and learn more from you? Awesome. Well, LinkedIn is a great place. Uh, so I am on LinkedIn. There are not, I don't think there's another Mish Hancock out there. So it's M-I-C-H Hancock. Just, you can find me there. Um, our website is, is 100100thmm.com. And I am all over social media. So if you're on TikTok, Instagram, just go find me. I'm there. Hang out. That's awesome. It's awesome. my passion. I love it there. So, and I don't make any silly promises, Bruce. I promise. <laughs> I, I know you don't. Neither do I. <laughs> well, I think it's really valuable to hear from someone authentic. And it's also really valuable to know that you're not promising any flash in the pan results. I mean, I love that you started from that position. Um, Russell Brunson has a book and he talks about marketing and that you know, you can't have the magic bullet, the shiny object. And the crazy thing is usually the character of the people who are looking for that are not the people who are actually going to create the sustainable results in the exactly. first place. So you need to be really aware of what am I wanting? What do I, what am I desiring? What am I being attracted to? If I'm being attracted to this thing that's promising great results, how do I need to change so that I can actually be the person who can stay in it for the long haul? So um, anyway, I just love people who are in it for the long haul. <laughs> so Mish, this has been a great conversation today. If you have questions and you did not get them in during the live, go ahead and send them over to hello at themoneyadvantage.com. Or if you have a question for Mish, can they reach you by email? Yeah, my email is mish, M-I-C-H at 100thmm.com. Would love to talk to you. I'm always willing to have a conversation to answer questions. So please but, contact me. 
but do not start your email with the subject line, quick question, because then she might not <laughs> realize that you're a real person. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. If it says, Mish, quick question, I will end up probably thinking you're spam. Don't do that. Yeah. Say, I saw you on the podcast. Open up this email. Yes. <laughs> saw you on the money advantage. Okay. That would be a better subject line. All right. So thank you, Mish, for joining us today. I want to get you guys off to your um, other engagements today. Thank you for listening. If you're on the live stream right now, I hope this was valuable to you in your business, in your life. And again, we started this conversation by saying, hey, Mish is a client. She's using infinite banking and she is a human just like you who has a particular way of personality and she's doing things a certain way and she assimilates and uses people that she can trust and rely on in areas that she needs that guidance and that wisdom where she says, you know, I don't need to know all the answers in this particular area. So maybe if that's like you, you can find consolation in the fact that we can help you with those answers and with that, those questions that are on your mind as you're making financial decisions. And so you are somebody who probably would want to reach out then and talk with our advisors at The Money Advantage. You can always find us at themoneyadvantage.com and you can, um, connect with us and click the button to schedule an appointment on the front page of our website. So I'll just share that and leave it here. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you again, Mish. Thank you. And in closing, please remember success leaves clues. So model the successful few, not the crowd and build a life and business you love. We'll see you next time. Discover the secret of how to earn a return on the same money in two places at the same time so that you can strengthen your investment returns. We've created a free guide for you that explains the top three things every investor needs their privatized banking system to do. Go to themoneyadvantage.com banking, put in your name and primary email address, click the send my free guide button right now, and we'll see you on the inside. Thank you for listening to the Money Advantage podcast. Today's show notes and resources are available for you on themoneyadvantage.com. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or desire to speak with a qualified financial professional after listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to reach out to us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com or check us out at themoneyadvantage.com. The opinions and views expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation of any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a potential loss of principal. Kalos Capital Incorporated nor Kalos Management Incorporated offer tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax advisor or attorney for advice regarding the impact on your portfolio. Securities offered through Kalos Capital Incorporated Member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB, and Investment Advisory Services offered through Kalos Management Incorporated and Registered Investment Advisor, both located at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia. E3 Consultants Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Kalos Capital Incorporated or Kalos Management Incorporated.